You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. You know how I know we started the uh, podcast is because you got staticky all of a sudden. It's like, oh, Todd's staticky now. <laughs> I'm in Canada, so I, we say heck up here. We don't say hell. Yeah, who knows? Well, now it says it's five seconds in. Who knows how long we've been recording for? Anyway, this is the uh, what, what podcast is this? Um, something about movies, I think, right? Uh, yeah. People are like, oh, well, no, this is the 12th Man Rising podcast. I'm Lee, and that's Todd. How are you, Todd? I'm fine. You know how I'm fine? You know how I know I'm fine? Because I'm drinking a Cowbell Brewing Company Bobcat Red Ale. Bobcat. I'm speaking like Bobcat. That's kind of funny. I am drinking a Blake's Hard Cider Peach Party. Peach and Blackberry flavored. Mm. It's okay. It's mm. all right. Mm. I would not pair Peach and Blackberry myself. Really? Uh, well, that's fun. Ginger and peach, I would totally pair. Uh, had a delightful. Uh, the uh, the the wife and I, I was going to say the little woman, but I don't want a severe. I don't want to risk severe injuries. So the wife and I, this past weekend, went to a lovely small town, in Canada called Elora, which we'll talk about. Oh, later. that reminds me. Uh, me, me first, and the Gimme Gimmies are going to be in Toronto in May. So you got to go see that. A lot of people are going to be in Toronto. Coming yeah, you gotta to see the, the it's probably tickets are probably not even that much. Actually, I saw first in the Gimme Gimme's. Isn't it a, a part of a big con? Seriously, if they saw it like two days ago, and that was I the first. Oh no, it's a little troll. Was that good? That good? I I think it was part of like a massive show with like seven other acts or something. Yeah, they're, could be they're always um, they're they're yeah, yeah. they're a cover band. Yeah, but I did um, see me first in the gimmies. It's like okay. I love cover bands. I love cover well, bands almost a, as much as I love oxygen. I love cover bands if they're good. This is, this is an unusual cover band. It's like a they turn every song. Wait, wait, wait! They cover original songs only. Yeah, and they also <laughs> say they're the best best band in the world. I mean, they're it's very 
it, it's funny because they're and they all dress in like um like it's disco era but they're they're like a they're, and they're probably our age um oh my god I'm from san francisco they can, they can hold their instruments yeah but they um it's like they turn every song into like this punk song uh, or punk music it's really it's That's really cool extremely well done I well to I, check I saw the, uh, ticket prices in canada they're probably like 700 dollars, but in the states it'd be 37 i'll check <laughs> It's uh, I saw him with Floggy Molly in Atlanta, and they with a couple other groups, and that was maybe two years ago. Did you? But they were they were really good. Show? I I did. They were, I in mean, fact, that's the T-shirt I bought at the concert was the Me First and Gimme Gimmies. I uh, will definitely check that out. I don't know if we'll go, but we'll check. No, it out. no, no, Todd, you gotta go. Mom mentioned them. You gotta go. <laughs> that's how I should talk. <laughs> the rest of the please do because highly entertaining. Well, People skip anyway. ahead, and that's all the voice they hear. It's like, what is that's, that? That's the only voice they hear. The next voice you hear will be that of Mac Brown. Well, I was going to say not God, but that's the same thing. Uh, are we going to talk about Seahawks today, or what? Do yeah, you think? let's let's, let's go ahead and, and let's free base it. Two minutes, not free, <laughs> not freestyle it. We're going to free base it. You got your free base. You got your match. Anyway, yeah. okay, yes, match. Uh, let me hit this button for, have you heard of this thing called Google? Uh, I have a Google t-shirt, but it's from a bar in Wisconsin. Oh, which is true. Which is true. It's called Google's, which is, it's, uh, it's called Google's before Google was a thing that people did unless they were in Wisconsin and they went to the bar. So, Hey, I Googled last night, totally hammered. I think the term was uh, was around in the late 1700s in Russia. Yeah. I believe uh, Catherine used to say it a lot. Yeah. Uh, when, Googled. When, when Putin was sitting on her knee. Putin. <laughs> I've been Putin. Well. You look kind of sick. I've been Putin a lot lately. Thousands of people are dead from unknown causes. Um, anyway. Oh, wait. When's the, when's the election in uh, Canada? When's that happening? Mm, sometime between tomorrow and 2034. Is that one of the, the one of those countries where they just kind of decide to have an election, right? They don't have yeah. any plan. It's just yeah, they like, think, let's they have did. an election tomorrow. Hey, I can do what they want. They can do what they want. Uh, oh, that reminds me. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that reminds okay. me. It will so, take so, place on or before October 20, 2025. Uh, yeah. See, yeah, they do. They kind of just make it up as they go along, which is fine. It's actually better than the American system. Oh, March March fourth <clears> this year, they're having a by election. Uh, I don't. It's by the election. UY because that's what they have. Not right. So we're having some yard work done uh, at the beginning of uh, March um, because just you know the we're the elites. That's, that's yes. weird. So uh, I've been and the guy actually it's a program called Doors. Do you know what that is? Have you ever heard of Doors? Not the, the Doors. doors? The program. I've heard doors. of the Doors, but I haven't heard of Doors. Look it up on, unless unless it's something. Is it is it a way to like enter a domicile and then shut away the rest of the world from? No, yourself? it's actually a really cool program. So it's it's door. It's a national American program, I think. But this is they have a chapter in Oak Ridge, and basically what happens is. Um, they have somebody who's in charge, and then always the the prices are are extremely good, but then most of the money goes to help uh, high school kids who are actually helping do the work, 
who can't afford college on their own. Ah. So it actually uh, the money that they make a lot of the money they make in some of the some of the because it's a nonprofit and allegedly then, allegedly goes to a college fund. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it goes to Ted Cruz's college fund because he's so mm. well educated. Mm. No, mm. but it's a, a really good program. But anyway, I've been texting That's back cool. and forth with this guy, and he came out and did a an estimate couple, earlier this week. And then um, he he texted me. He said, hey, this is the price. And I was like, OK, that's cool. We can do that. And then um, I right after that, I got another text and <laughs> and uh, I thought it was the same. I didn't respond to the text, but I thought it was the same guy. But it was this picture of this attractive female. And I was like, why did he just send me a picture of of an attractive young female? And then I realized the text was actually an AOC text <laughs> just saying, hey, it was a picture of her. And then. And, and then say, hey, can you ship in? And I was like, for, I was so confused for a second. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are, are, are you hitting? Are you hitting on a member of Congress live? On uh, she is attractive. Um, I know she's attractive. I'm just asking. I, but, are you no, hitting on AOC? No, no, she was. She was hitting on me. She sent me. She texted me. Oh, that's true. I, I think I was the only one in the country that probably got that text. She's I'll be honest. True, yeah. true. True. Which is a lie. Obviously. I, uh, I look forward to the day. When uh, that young lady is slightly less young and running for president, I will. I am really looking forward to that. Anyway, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I had that on my and and another thing before I forget because you had that on your bingo rope. card. Had I that did. on your bingo card for politics. Yeah, there that, you go. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, that actually, it would be kind of cool. That's but um, pre pro, pre pro, you had we were talking about articles on twelvemanrising.com. dot com. One of the things um, that you had mentioned was Chris Jones, an article that we put out about how he's not coming to Seattle. They couldn't afford him anyway. But based on comments he made at the parade, he wants to stay in KC. So the article, I posted that on their 12th Men Rising Facebook. And one of the comments was, why would we want another team's retread anyway? I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) What What? is wrong with you? I didn't even respond. I was just like. You're serious, are you? No, 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 I'm absolutely serious. serious, I know you're serious. And I don't know. I didn't. I did just didn't respond. I'm like, I don't. I don't know <laughs> what is wrong with you, Chris Jones. A retread of. I mean, if what? that's what the retread you're getting, please, what? I'll take all the retreads you have. Why yeah, it was just. People, why are people stupid? I mean, seriously, if you're, and and I know some people troll just to get, but I don't know why they do that either. It's like, let me make the most stupid comment I possibly can to get reactions. It's like, what satisfaction does that get you? Other than people think you're stupid. What, well, what's the point? Here's another. So the article is, is literally about Jones's comments and it's wanting to stay with KC. Yeah. And so Seahawks have no chance of getting him. Exactly. That's the article. Right. Um, and the ti- the header on the Facebook post is that it says no hope if there ever was any. And then yeah. the article is titled Transcendent Free Agent Slams Any Hope if Seattle Seah- Seahawks Acquiring Him. And then the article is blah, blah. It's, Here's the first the first comment. This article makes no sense. Jones came out publicly after the Super Bowl, which is misspelled, and said he is staying with the Chiefs. So of course Seattle has no hope of signing him. That's the that's point of the article. article. <laughs> exactly. Just, mm. Um. Yeah. So it was just like maybe, maybe they think transcendent means transferring. <laughs> so they think, oh, this this free agent is going to transfer to the Seahawks magically and like create some new criteria that doesn't exist in the NFL. But he's going to transfer. I, what? God, 
Yeah, I know. Okay. So I've done my article about stupid comments in social media for the year. I'll do <laughs> one next year. Oh, we have to talk about it on the podcast every week. It's oh in our contract. God. But yeah, Jim Clymer said to in response to the article, oh, our season, capital S, because he likes Trump, who miscapitalizes everything. Oh, our season is over because we can't overpay for another defensive retread. <sighs> I'm just like... I, I don't even know how to respond to that. It's like, well, what is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. There's so much wrong with that statement. Another defensive retread. What defensive retread do we have? I, I don't know. You know he's probably he's thinking Jamal Adams who we traded for, Seattle traded for. Into, probably. So. Or maybe he's thinking of Draymond Jones, but it's like he's not Possibly. thinking of Leonard Williams. But he probably is because he's stupid. Yeah. Like, dude, retread? Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you have any concept of what a retread is? Clearly, you don't. Yep. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I just I don't know. Let's move on mm-hmm. to actual stuff. So the Seahawks have hired a whole bunch of coaches. Of course, last week we talked about how they hired sixty-three um, at this point. I think sixty-three. Like 63, yeah. 63. Yeah. And and their quota is thirty-five hundred, so they still have a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, we, they do. We, we talked last week about, of course, they've hired Mike McDonald, which we talked about in January, whenever that happened, late January. And then uh, offense coordinator Ryan Grubb, defensive coordinator Aiden Durde, uh, special teams coordinator Jay Harbaugh, and then so basically what they have done now is they have signed Mac Brown away from North Carolina. Shocking. I'm making that up. Somebody's <laughs> going to see that on a Facebook post, and they're going to be like, you guys don't know. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, this guy has an interesting background, though, because he he joined the Jets five years ago, and he started as a, a defensive coach, and then they flipped him to the offensive side, which has happened with another coach that Seattle has hired. Maybe that happens a lot as well. And Nick Perry, for instance. Yeah, um, yeah but Mac, Mac Brown is going to be the uh, tight end tight coach. Am I wrong about that? No, I'm wrong about that. Uh, Mac Brown coaching. I think that's correct. Tight ends, offensive assistant. We'll go with that. It's probably completely, it's probably like the kicking tee coach. He teaches the tee to stand there. Yeah, um, actually, they don't have tee when they, I guess they do on kickoffs. But then uh, Nick Perry was hired as well. Um, Branson, Fred Perry. Defensive assistant. Yes. He's, he's the pickleball assistant coach. <laughs> that's right. I can't, man, I'm getting a bunch of blown up about this pickleball sponsor, Owl. They make pickleball paddles and they keep saying hey can we do an interview can we do an interview for lob and smash i'm not making that up i'm sure i'm I'm getting notices about pickleball tournaments pickleball clubs and it's like mm, okay yeah. anyway no i want to get some real exercise um and then <laughs> they've hired zach hill of uh yeah. King of the over hill. the hill gang uh mm-hmm. quality offensive uh offensive control coach and so the rest are uh charles london uh who wrote a great series of books about yeah, wolves yeah. quarterbacks yeah. coach kennedy palomalu uh is he he's related to troy probably right yeah he's his uncle yeah okay running backs coach uh frisman which is a f- almost said a bad word a frisman jackson is an, an amazing name wild ride receivers coach scott huff offensive line coach jake peets who was with the rams is now the passing game coordinator kirk olivada Oliver Dotty, I think that's how you say it. I Linebackers it coach, Josh Bynes, uh, Amanda he's, Bynes' he's, uncle. Yeah, um, true. Does anybody know who Amanda Bynes is anymore? <laughs> uh, he's the assistant linebackers coach. 
Devin Fitzsimmons is a special teams assistant. Who am I missing? Probably thousands of them. Thousands. There's probably two more today already. Last I saw, and this is from the Seattle Times, courtesy of Bob Condotta. Hi, Bob. We wish you'd listen to us once. It'd be amazing. Bob Condotta is great. I love his his reporting. We've talked to him on the podcast. Oh, maybe it was before. You have. Uh, but yeah, anyway. He used to be on a bunch, of, actually. He was uh, 17. Even Ted, Ted filled in once. And and I, I I don't know what I was doing, but Ted and maybe <sighs> Kevin did it. With, and I'm not making that up. We've had Greg Bell on, we've had Sean Dugar, and we've had lots had of Walter good Jones so on. Had Walter Jones on. Nobody has Skype. And Walter Jones on. And I am, yeah, that's the problem. No one has Skype. Just us. I were the last two holdouts that use Skype. Anyway, yeah. And there's, as of yesterday, they have 17 coaches, and I'm sure they will add. And I was thinking, that's a lot of coaches. And then, as we said in pre pro, again, hi, Ted. Uh, there are 23 total. On Pete Carroll's staff. So, and as you said in pre-pro, hi Ted, they can have as many as they want. Actually, you said it during the podcast too. So, did I? I don't remember. Yeah, I mean they can have. Well, you said something like thirty-five hundred. This but, peach yeah, party cider is thing. getting to getting to me. So I don't know what I'm saying and what I'm not yes. saying or when I said it. My Bobcat Red Ale is uh, smooth as butter. That's been like in a refrigerator and popped up and it's butter. Yeah, it's like goat butter, yak butter. I wonder what yak butter would taste like. Anyway, uh, can you one make, thing. Yeah, I guess you could. You can get milk from a yak. You can get butter out of a yak. Well, you can't get butter out of a yak unless you shake it a lot and it's cold. A cold yak? A cold Shaking yak. A yak? That's, a big, that's a big yak. I don't think I could. That's probably. I I you know, I had a fabulous drink in uh, the at the Evelyn. Is that all you do? In Alora. In Canada. And Since you've moved to Canada, that's, it seems like you just do, go man. places and drink. You should I write a travel a book. I eat once a week and I drink seven times a day. Usually it's water, though, so not that bad. Oh, that uh, a, a gentleman created a drink he calls a New Fashioned, which was his spin on the Manhattan. I don't know why he called it a New Fashioned. You'd think it, anyway. It's not quite a good. spin on an Old Fashioned? That's funny. <laughs> that's confusing. <laughs> it was very, very good. and But you could still smell the smoke from it, like, glass is empty and you can still smell the smoke from it like an hour later is very very good Does anyway made the glass too yes and it was there is a hot. glass there is a glass blowing studio like literally two blocks up and one block over and There's i think he got the glass there one like that in knoxville that's uh they make the glass and then the bar is right next to it and this guy this guy worked at the cheese shop we went to the day before and i had a cheese, cheese and beer that Ugh. used cheese from the cheese shop and then he makes this drink and we decided, obviously, he's running for mayor of this town. And then we ran into someone else who used to work with him. She said, yeah, I wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> she likes him, but I wouldn't vote for him. And I was like, oh, OK, she likes him, but nah, I wouldn't vote for him. And then we ran into another guy that also worked at two places. There's seven thousand eight hundred some people in this. And apparently only seven people work. Everyone else just kind of hangs out because well, they get paid by the Canadian government. And they just get to sit around handing out the freebies because they don't work hard like we Americans do. Ain't nothing friggin' a lord, let me it's tell you that. Like, Ted, uh, Ted Cruz has a had a tweet out uh, today. God, praising praising uh, Elon Musk. It says when Elon Musk at Elon Musk bought Twitter, it was the biggest development for free speech this century. He doesn't realize we're only twenty something years in. Um, he realized he yeah, he realized troves of emails showing that stories about Biden's corruption and the origin of covid were being suppressed. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, does he realize? Because that makes it sound like COVID began under Biden. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Ted's, uh, for a guy who actually has advanced, no an soul? advanced degree, he's no spine. stupid. Yeah. I don't really think he's stupid. He just panders to the lowest common denominator, which in any country is pretty damn low. And, I, I, and that's what's like Clay Davis on me. the wire. <laughs> <laughs> to throw in our we we have that we we've we've brought up the wire, so we've made that. Yeah, the yeah, only so. thing we have left is Margot Robbie. Oh, I guess that counts. You mentioned Margot mm-hmm. Robbie. Yeah, so. There you go. There you go. Are you going to watch the Oscars just to see Margot Robbie, or are you going to watch the Oscars to see who wins? I uh, no, I'll watch the Oscars. I still have. Have you seen any more of the Oscar-nominated films recently? Are you still there? I have not. I was just okay. giving you the pregnant pause. No, yeah, I have not. We've pregnant been, scary pause. Because I thought you've been watching. I don't know what we've been watching. We've been watching other stuff. But uh, get around to it. We've, but one thing that was very cool. We went to uh, again. This is a small town, a very small town in Canada, Toronto. and we we saw. We saw the film Origin about a month ago, and we had a drive. Sounds like a Jesus film. Uh, hmm, not quite, thank God. <laughs> That's anyway, ironic. Very good, isn't it, though? Don't very, very good film about the prevalence of the caste system throughout the world, and people don't realize how caste plays a role in, in societies, and they and don't all think about it. I mean, you have to be cast. It's <laughs> weird. Anyway. It's not cased. It's so, so pronounced cast, casty. Well, you can't jump over two letters, sir. I mean, it still could be, I mean, S, T, and T are the same it, thing. It can jump over one sound, but it can't jump over two sounds, which uh, is S, T. That's a stuff. Anyway. That's, that's anyway. one sound, stuff. Anyway, so we had to drive past like three other theaters to go see Origin. And in this small freaking town, they're showing Origin and and now of course the name escapes oh zone of interest it's like those are the two zone of interest yeah wait it's about pickle it's about pickleball <laughs> anyway is that what, that's uh, what it's called zone of interest I don't zone know of interest yeah i know what you're talking about for some reason that, yeah yeah um that's what they did in Auschwitz. they played pickleball they played they played pickleball with people's bones sad yeah. uh anyway back to the Oh, back to the Holocaust, is what you're starting to say. <laughs> back to the Holocaust. That's a light, fun topic for today. And today we have... That was last season. Now we have no listeners. There you go. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, they filled out the coaching staff. And then the next thing I have on my list... Oh, we got franchise tag, but let's go ahead and jump into that two-second conversation. They could franchise, theoretically, Seahawks could, a player, but they can't afford it, first of all. Right, but if you right. were going to franchise a player, would it be... Drew Locke? No, I'm kidding. Would it be Leonard Williams or Jordan Brooks? Williams. Harlan Williams? Yeah, Harlan Cohen. Harlan Corbin. What's that? Yeah, Corbin. 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 That guy who made that movie, that French movie that we saw a long time ago. That was weird. Um, Williams. He didn't make it, but based on a book that he wrote. I would go with... cast in it? I would go with, yeah, I, he spoke all the dialogue, but I didn't realize it because it was all French. Uh, I would go with Williams. Nothing against Brooks is just who I would go with. But like you said, it's like they can't afford it anyway, especially Williams. What was the, what would the tag Actually, price? No, the, the tag million? for linebackers is higher. Is it really? Oh my yeah, God. it's 22 million. I, somebody got 
obviously. Ah, but Williams, Williams will be more because he's already been franchised twice. Yeah, so they can't actually franchise. That was a trick question. They can't actually franchise tag him anyway. But, I mean, if you theoretically, I guess it was defensive line versus linebacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah for some reason, linebacker is the second highest. Interesting. He's behind quarterbacks. So I don't know if they've rolled edge rusher into that. Maybe they have, and that's why. But that could be. Could be. I think uh, defensive. Now, oh, go ahead. I was going to say now edge rushers are typically linebackers and, like, I don't know. Are they are they linebackers in more than half the teams? What do you think? Still linebackers to me. Linemen? Maybe it's because I'm I'm old. Depends on the like team. It's like edge rusher. That's just outside linebacker. Yeah, depends on the team, I suppose. Depends on their scheme. But I think well, almost have, every I mean, team has at least one edge rusher that's a linebacker for sure, if not both of them. But, so. but to me, they're this. I mean, it's like saying Nickelback. I mean, that's a horrible band from Canada. Oh it's like saying my. That's a cornerback. I mean, they oh. are a cornerback. Oh my. Like Justin Bieber. I mean, uh, either way, it's like it's great stuff, and then there's that stuff. The At least it's not the horribleness that American music usually puts out when it's non African American related. The tragically unhip. Um. Anyway, yeah, we'll get to music eventually, I think, maybe. I don't know. Is that a cover band? Maybe it's got to be a, a cover band, tragically unhip. Has to be I, a cover I, band. Not, they wouldn't put up with it here. They open for me first in the gimme gimmies. As they played as they are in Canada, I think they would stone them to death if someone sorry, came up. What'd you say? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. You know, I actually heard someone say, eh, yesterday for the first time. <laughs> I've been here since July. And I have not heard anyone say A eh, until yesterday. And he was just referring to the letter. Yeah, he was. He was saying, what's that one that comes before B? What's before? Anyway. Uh, I, would, I would go with Williams, but obviously they can't do that. Just because I think, and again, I, Brooks is an exceptional talent, but I think Williams has a bigger impact for this particular team. And it's just they don't have I'm, any linebackers, I guess. And I I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just theoretically. But do they I have mean, any linemen that are that are? At, I think Draymond like Jones is going to be much better with Mike McDonald. I really don't. Want and I think Jaron Reed will be no. moved. Back to that's the more, th- and that's what I was gonna say. Jaron Reed needs to move outside, not outside, but you know he needs he doesn't need to play no. Right. Yeah, they move him to a standard tackle or move him to end. Standard tackle is that new? That's like Ed Trusher. Is that a new term? Yeah, standard tackle. Play up, offensive, but, defensive, whatever. It goes both ways. You can pick it up at Canadian Tire. It's, uh, it's, on, it's on sale this week. That's still uh, conf- this really still confuses me that Canadian Tire has like drinks and everything else. Yeah, basically it's Walmart. That was Canadian Tire. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's why I'm a KP would keep Brooks. You're wrong, but that's okay. No, I mean, it's, it's like 1A and 1AA. I mean, obviously, they're very different talents and bring different things to the team. But the importance to the to the team, they're pretty damn close. Could be uh, Olinda Marais. They could franchise sack him. They could. Um, <clears throat> Like they did in 2010. I had to write that article too, and I was—I mean, I knew they had. Um, you know, Mare had been franchise tagged. Pete Carroll and John Schneider's first year, but which is still weird. Um, uh, yeah. It's like we're gonna suck. We need our kicker, um, who was just decent. He had had made a Pro Bowl ten years before, eleven years before. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So they're anyway. They're not gonna franchise. They don't have the money to franchise. They don't have the money to do anything. No, right not now. yet. They can't even sign their draft picks currently. Yeah, yeah, they can't. And, and they're not going to have a lot of money even after they make all the moves they need to make. They're still not going to have a lot of money. Well, I wonder 
so I've heard the cap may go from what 242 is what it's projected as currently, but it could be as high as 250. Eight yeah. million dollars would put them at least right. in with clear room. And then yeah. if they if they they've got to make I, I I don't know they have to make these changes I would think with be, within the next three weeks because um free agency starts in the middle of March right March thirteenth right. I think yeah. um so before that they've got to they've got to make room which means maybe no more quant uh, has been a good player as we've discussed last year he yeah. wasn't so good. His contract's just too big. He, they can't pay him what he's being. Right. He, he just has to be let go because it's just eleven million dollars is too much to pass up. Jamal Adams, whatever it takes to free him up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But even if you have to eat a bunch of dead money, uh-huh. it's still going to free up $6 million. Did you, I, I, I'm sorry, I have to mention this. One of, the, one of the major sites, I don't remember now if it was Bleacher Report or CBS, whatever, but they did like the, the 32 dream trades for each team and jamal adams was their dream tra- it, that's a dream all right if we could trade him who the hell would take jamal oh, adams man they did mention that sounds like, like an article you have to find that and it's not likely it it's not likely they it's like it's not likely they'd find a trade partner or, what what were you been drinking when you wrote that are you kidding me no one on earth is going to trade for jamal adams when everybody on the planet including jamal adams because he himself talked about oh Heading back Jets, that'd be great, back with my homies. It's like, you know, because he knows he's going to be cut, and he's hoping he'll have the opportunity to go back to New York, which is weird because he hated it. But, you know, it's like no one's going to trade for the dude. Why? No, his contract. I mean, of yeah, anybody else? It's stupid. His contract's <laughs> too big. It, it makes zero sense. I, I, yeah, you got to no. find that article and then send it to oh, me yeah. so I can make an article from it. Oh, um, my God. That's ridiculous. Like, there are, there are people on the Seahawks that you could – trade for there's not a whole there's lot one guy to. one guy who would bring back something uh, trading geno smith wouldn't even bring back a first round pick but i don't think i don't know who would do that but it kind DK of might would. but but that's yeah dk would i mean there's a few players they could trade and they would get something but no one's going to give anything for jamal adams like, right uh, or witherspoon witherspoon might but you wouldn't trade witherspoon no i mean actually there are a few players they actually would trade and they could actually get something you know, even if it's a fourth Chris round Stoll. pick, Chris Stoll. It's always Chris Stoll. You know, even if it's a fourth round pick, well, that's better than just getting nothing, right? But you're not going to get anything, no. Jamal Adams. What do you? His doing? contract's too big. Even if he'd played okay, his contract's too too big. That's just stupid. That's yeah, just I dumb. Just thing. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Anyway, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll break down yeah. free agency a little bit more next week or the week before uh, uh, free agency Adams, actually begins. Adams is obviously gone. Diggs should be gone, unfortunately, because like you said, his play is declined. His contract is too big. Stefan Diggs be interesting. I, I really hope they keep Tyler Lockett, but that's really iffy because, again, because of contract. I would much rather see them rework it because I think he'd be very, very – this this team's going to need a lot of leadership. And he's not been the vocal kind of leader, just like 
we've talked about that, right? They, it would be nice if they'd had a more vocal leader, but their leaders have not been that kind of player. You know, they've been more like, look what I'm doing. And unfortunately, you've had some players who don't pay attention to what's being done. Hence why Jamal Adams did this stupid crap that he did, even on the side. And why DK Metcalf needed some time to get his stuff together. It's like, as did, far did as it I'm surprise you that Bobby Wagner was named? I guess you saw that about his. He was asked like at the at the Pro Football or the NFL Awards Honors, whatever they call mm-hmm. it, NFL Honors. And you know, the Athletic asked lots of different players to what? Yeah. Who was the who's the you know, teammate of the of the year on your team? And you know, Bobby Wagner gave. Have, have you seen this? Do you I'm know what I'm talking? So the, one of the questions was like, <laughs> no, one of the questions was like the <laughs> trashiest talker or something. It was, that's yeah. what it was about. But, and then Bobby Wagner said Quandra Dix. And then, um, for, for trash like, talker. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he was like teammate of the year. It took him like literally a nanosecond to answer DK Metcalf. And I was like, hmm. see, that tells us something is going that, on in the honest, locker room that we that don't see. That honestly doesn't surprise me, though. No, it doesn't. It doesn't it shock doesn't. me. I mean, but it, it, it goes. It's kind of surprising it wasn't a, a defensive player just because those are the guys he's with, obviously, on the field. More he often. probably doesn't want to be with them. I mean, maybe mm, Witherspoon. Could have been part Otherwise, of it. it's like, yeah. do I have to be here? Can I sit in the other room? <laughs> but DK really doesn't surprise me because we've talked about it a lot. And it's like when he when he was, quote, injured, close quote, like what? how did DK play? What was his attitude when he came back from that one week? That he missed due to an injury. Did he have any of those dumbass penalties where he's thinking about himself? He didn't have any. I'm not saying he didn't commit any penalties, but they were in the context of the play. There were no, they were no penalties where it's like, uh, you know, someone yanked his helmet and then he got up and shoved him and, you know, or grabbed the guy five seconds after the play is over and threw him to the turf. That's the kind of stupid shit he has done for years. Devin Bush. We didn't see any, well, we didn't see any more of that. After he missed the game, you know, and Pete yeah, Carroll, Pete Carroll had said, it's like, you know, when he, unfortunately he was not talking about DK when he said it, but he said, you know, he quoted Wood and is like the, the bench is the coach's best friend is like, I honestly think he finally applied that to DK and DK finally realized, oh yeah, after hearing over and over, you got to stop doing that. And he said, I'm going to play the way I play. Well, he changed how he played. He said he, he wasn't did. going to, but he did. Yeah, he stopped he getting the, the uh, first. Yeah, except for the except for the penalty against the 49, which I I don't even think he did anything. That flag shouldn't have been thrown on him. No, it should have exactly. been thrown on Fred Warner. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah. that's not the yeah, same thing. That was yeah, not but, uh, unprovoked at all. Right. Right. But he he was getting too many 15 yard penalties. But I I think what yeah. Wagner's comment shows is that inside the locker room. There's a different, a real dynamic that, yeah. you know, because as fans, we can comment on like, oh, you know, this guy, or just like, oh, DK needs to go, too many 15-yard penalties, and somebody like Seattle Sports, or we do, puts out an article about, oh, trading DK, oh, trading DK, you idiots. Well, just a few months ago, you were saying the guy should be gone, because mm-hmm. he picks up too many penalties. Make up your mind. Yeah. And we weren't even saying he should be traded. We're just saying, if that happens. Right, because as there you said, options. a lot of people were talking about that. And why wouldn't you talk about that when they have to eliminate salary? And he is, I don't know, is he their most valuable trade piece? Most likely. He's certainly yeah, among the top the three. Triple. So, of course, you have to talk about yeah. it. 
Yeah, he's just, with a spoon you don't trade because he's on his rookie deal. I mean, Metcalf right. you trade because he brings stuff back and his contract's big. You don't really gain that much this year in cap room if you do trade him. Um, but you do the following year. Where that still doesn't right. happen with Witherspoon because he's under his rookie yeah. contract. And exactly. Gino's tradable too, but you don't, again, that's just, you're not really, you're not going to get as much back as you would with For DK. DK because, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. People are kind of weird. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, it's going to make a lot of moves. That's for sure. And some of yeah. these tight cuts are going to be. The, there's never a year where the cuts aren't tough yet, right? I mean, we went through when it's like yeah. they moved Russell and they moved Russell because Russell won't force their hand, but they also moved Bobby. You know, we lost Richard. I mean, who haven't they moved? And unfortunately, happens. Yeah, and it's it almost sucks. like you want to say sorry. The team's been good. But right, exactly. Therefore, they have expensive yeah. contracts. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. I would love to see them keep Bobby, and I don't know how they're going to keep Bobby unless, again, uh, he decides he's going to play for like a massive hometown discount. I think he and, only made what it was like seven million. It wasn't even seven million as it turned out yeah, last year. I, think. I know, and it's like, and he only led the league in tackles. Of course, part of that is because someone on the damn team had to tackle, right? <laughs> that's because yeah, it was the the scheme was <laughs> to let everybody just come through the defensive line. Don't slow them down. Just let them we'll filter them directly to the linebackers. Of course, the, the, the flaw in that thing is like someone had to tackle. It's like, no, actually, no one actually has to tackle. The whole team could have been a sieve. It's like, how bad would this defense have been if Bobby Wagner wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, holy crap. They would have given up 50 points a game. Yeah. Or, or maybe Every not that many game. points, but they would have had the, oh, the, the other team would have had the ball 45 minutes of the game. Yeah. I would have been ungodly. Anyway, there's going to be so, some painful cuts coming. I think it is time for our Rob Gordons. Do you want to say what our Rob Gordons are this week, Todd? This week, our Rob Gordons are the five coaches that could. Oh, that's 10 years ago. Our five favorite concert films. Now, these are musical concerts, not comedy concerts, because as Lee said, pre-pro, I did. Uh, that's too easy and it would take forever. So yeah. our five favorite concert films. This also does not include comedic hijinks like A Hard Day's Night, although there are a lot of musical performances. It's not a concert film. My number five is Spinal Tap. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, do you have Do you have a, a any uh, mentions honorable, honorable mentions? mentions? I I do not. I could have, but I did not. I, I have you? one. I have one. It's more of a dishonorable mention. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll Throw that out there. In Childish Gambino. That's it. So Summer of Soul actually won Best Documentary. And yeah. it's it's a fascinating look at at this concert and at that genre of music. Except I watched, I finally gave up after almost an hour and a half and they played one song in full. Other than that, they would play like 30 seconds of a song and they would start talking about the song. It's like, I would. This is about music. This is not about you yapping about the freaking. It's like yeah. if I wanted that, I would listen to myself talking about the freaking song. Play the music for Christ's yeah, sake. I, the the soundtrack a... is available, but it's like, why the hell are you just going to interrupt every damn song? There's a Leonard Cohen um, concert film, I guess, more documentary too, and and they do the same thing. It's like. I want to hear the song. That's why I'm watching. Not you know, to hear just, just go and talk. Just shut up. The the soundtrack 
here's the, the sound the digital release of the soundtrack the music itself one hour 23 minutes 45 seconds are you going to tell me that you couldn't at least play i don't know four of those freaking songs in their entirety I, like i said maybe towards the end of the film they actually let people listen to a few songs but through an hour and a half of the movie they didn't and it's not that the information wasn't great to hear it was awesome but put it between the freaking songs yeah i don't give a crap what you i don't give a crap what you think about the music compared to the music i I couldn't believe when this one best documentary like i do not understand the concept of it it's supposed to document the music i I guess there could be a difference between documentary and concert film in that case you know because you're the documentary part would be the speaking about the songs, but I'm, but I'm with you. I would have watched it to hear the songs. I mean, you know, if, if you're doing a documentary, whatever your subject is, show the subject. What the Margot hell? Robbie. There you go. So, um, okay. So, uh, let's see, you came up with the list, so I'll go first. So, uh, number five for me is, <clears throat> uh, it's gimme shelter, which came out in 1970. Oh, that's such a horrible choice. It, well, actually, in a way, it is, right? Because it's like well, the, Rolling yeah, Stones, in a way. <laughs> the Rolling in a Stones way. are fantastic live uh, in the in the film, but it's yeah. like the film really is about the audience or the crowd. And then, yeah. unfortunately, you know, a person, it was a Hell's Angels incident and uh, a person passed away. And it, it's really, that's what the film, yeah, that's that's what the film is about. But, I mean, you do get to see a lot of, but the thing that I liked about it, or respected about it i guess is the music's great because it's the rolling stones and they're fantastic live but you also have the dichotomy of of seeing what was happening really happening in the in the crowd which kind of was the rolling stones fault in a lot of ways but um but it's really well made and it's it's a concert plus so it's it's really well done that's number five for me yeah who would imagine that hiring hell's angels as your security would not be a wonderful idea um number five number five for me is bring on the night and it's about sting's initial foray away from the police and as he says at the beginning of it it's like most concert films you know they're like at the about a band at the peak of their powers or it's their last performance and he wanted to show what it would be like at the beginning of a band getting together and this is from the this is when they started the the dream of the blue turtles it's which is absolutely i saw i think we've talked about that yeah absolutely fascinating and it has the bonus of <laughs> the bonus of Branford Marsalis egging yeah. him on into singing the Flintstones theme song. That's <laughs> uh, one of my favorite parts yeah, of any concert film in it. It was funny because that Marsalis family has no talent. It's just Isn't crazy. that though? I know, Isn't it's it just like, Bunch of hangers on. Uh, <laughs> number four. four <laughs> number four for me is, uh, and I used to watch this a ton on VHS. I used to rent it probably from the video store you worked at. Um, U2 live at Red Rocks under Blood Red Sky, which uh, was filmed and came out in 1983. It's just talking about the the kind of the beginning of the band. I mean, they'd been around for four years, but they had not really become U2 yet. They right. really even at that stage they hadn't, but it was kind of a lead in to, to what they would become. And they're just fantastic. I've seen them live twice, but um, they're just it's a great setting. And they in Red Rocks Amphitheater, and they're just fantastic and. The white flag. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. Every song is a banger. It's not even very long, but it's great to watch. It's a beautiful thing, sir. It's a beautiful thing. That's all there is to it. It's a beautiful day. Is that what you mean? 
They didn't uh, perform that one. That would have been mm, weird if they had. That would that would have been really weird. Thirty years, uh, we're gonna put out. <laughs> that would be really strange. Uh, I am gonna go with number four for me is Monterey Pop. Uh, concert oh, film from Monterey Pop Festival, 1967. California is like basically everyone who was in music back then was at even this, Little Richard's at guitarist. Yes, he was there. <laughs> uh, it just uh, the, you have the Mamas and the Papas, which is and Simon and Garfunkel. It's like okay, you got folk music, nice representation from folk music, and you also have the Who. And you also have Jimi Hendrix speaking of it's like it, just absolutely an eclectic mix of musical performances and, and so many huge bands at yeah. the peak. And, and Conway Twitty of the no, a joke. So. That, uh, weird. I mean, almost could have when they got Country Joe and the Fish. Uh, yeah, he's true. just like Conway Twitty. Uh, you were <laughs> up to number three. Number three is Stop Making Sense, mm-hmm. which um, actually. It starts. It started off to me like what you were mentioning about your dishonorable mention, because um, there's a lot of talking. But then it really gets into it, and Jonathan right. Demi filmed it, of course, and he wasn't the auteur they would become. It was he was, I guess, but nobody knew who he was really. But just the amount of cameras and that they filmed it over several days, and it's just you get to see an intimate kind of aspect of the band live that you don't ever get to see because you have to be on stage and walking around to see it. But the the songs are all awesome. The pacing is fantastic, and it's it's just a, I, I'm I mean I like the Talking Heads, but this I like them more because of the film. And and that's I mean kind of that's kind of the, the ideal of a concert film, right? It's like I and mean, yeah. if you're going to see a concert film, odds are you like the, the band, right? right? But maybe you were just like, uh, friend here says, oh, let's go watch this. It's like, okay, so go watch it. But when when it makes you like the band even more, that they've said. Pockers, what they've been on to do. My number three would be oh, I deleted half of that list. I have no idea what it is anymore. Now, my number three, my number Conway three 20. is Woodstock. Yeah, Conway Twitty live at Red Rocks. My number three is Woodstock, and very much like Gimme Shelter, it's as much about the event as it is about the music. Um, and again, the lineup is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's it's just a fascinating document of, of a time, and people talk about oh they're looking at the sea of, of humanity is like there's a sea of humanity at Woodstock for sure, and due to the conditions at times it almost turned into a cesspool of humanity not the people but just the <laughs> conditions they were in, but I just love Woodstock the the music is incredible, and again they're there are interviews with the, with the people who went to the concert. There are partly more interviews with the people who attended than with the actual people performing. But it, the focus is on the music, and I absolutely love it as a document of the music of the times. Year number two. Does it start with two farmers saying, I wonder what we should do with this land? No. Um, anyway. That's the, that's the Coen Brothers version. <laughs> uh, number two for me is Depeche Mode 101, <coughs> which was filmed in 88, came out in 1989. And have you seen it? It takes place at the Hollywood Bowl, and it's of course the band is it's popular, but they're not. I mean, they've become more popular over the years, yeah. but it's still kind of about like they sell out this Hollywood Bowl, and even they are surprised about how many tickets have been sold. But th- there's one aspect about the the film which is it follows this group of fans that are traveling to see um, the band, and really it's the start of, or it's really what inspired the that MTV show. Uh, 
the the house. They all live in the house together. That's basically got its idea from Depeche Mode 101. It's not about those fans, but mm-hmm. they add an element to it that makes that augments the film's uh, entertainment value. But um, yeah, it's, and and Depeche Mode is just all all the songs are fantastic, and they're just just as good as live now as they were. Even though there's only two left, unfortunately, they're just as good live now as they were then. My number two uh, harkens to one of your previous, although it's not the same film. Mine is re- Alan Parkin. Rap. Yeah, Alan Parkin. Alan Parkin's project <laughs> would be different. Alan uh, Arkin's project would be really cool. The Alan Arkin. <laughs> so it's called The In-Laws, but you just watch it on loop. Um, <laughs> my, with Intercut with scenes from Catch-22. It's like, oh, my God, my head hurts. Uh, my number two is is uh, U2, Rattle and Hum. So same band you mentioned, but much further along uh, in their evolution and still not quite at the well, obviously not at the point that they finally became. But this is the band. band. And I'm going to interrupt you for a second, because it, isn't that the case? It's that you two went from like zero to 60 and uh, yeah. artistically, because there's what, five years difference or six years, I guess, between. Yeah. Red Rocks and Rattle and Hum, and that seems like, I mean, the band seems 20 years older. They, they do. insane. Yeah. Yeah, Red Rocks, they're already an accomplished band, like you said, but they haven't hit the the peak. And then six years later, they're the biggest band in the world and kind of never stepped off the gas pedal since then, really, in some ways, right? I mean, obviously, other bands are more popular, but, I mean, they're still an incredibly popular band but i think i, I would throw up if i saw them at the sphere just because of the way the lighting is mm-hmm. but. yeah 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 uh but uh, t- it's an amazing concert f- film it, it's in a lot of ways it's my favorite the way it's staged as we were watching it this weekend and not actually at the concert that would be weird but the the cinematography is beautiful it's just it's staged impeccably and again you get a lot of background uh, with the band and a lot of how the tour came together and it's it's put together from several different concerts all over the states you get to see don king's brother you do get to see don king's brother and it's just Who's you know there, there's this there's a scene speaking of that, that situation there there's there's the scene when when uh bo diddley was like kind of returning the favor because it's like oh they really wanted bo diddley and and he is you can tell how impressed he is that this hot band of young guys wanted him to come play with say, them. Did you say band of hot guys? Band of hot guys, yes. It was on MTV. It, you know, that's just how it was. Frank goes to Hollywood. So. As, as, in a, as in a hot band, not hot guys. But anyway, hot, hot guy talent. Band. It's hot got talent. Hot that. guy band. Yes, BTS back before BTS existed. <laughs> before they were born, probably. And and yet you see oh, the way they they revere him. I mean, they just hold this guy in. All, you can just see it just in their body language. How the respect they have for BB King is. I just love that. And the music is like, eh, music's okay. So yeah, you two Red Hum is like fantastic. It's very close. If we did this next week, I could swap places between number one and number two for me. Yeah. You're number one. It's uh, just I know we only have a couple of minutes. It reminds me of Sonic Highways. Have you ever seen Sonic Highways? I don't know if you can. You say it was an HBO show. It's Dave Grohl. It's the Foo Fighters, but it's a six episode docu series about them going from town to town. Each each town they go to. Their, I mean, they're putting on a concert, but each town like D.C. and Seattle and Austin, um, they they 
Dave Grohl talks a little bit about, you know, the bands that he liked from that area and about the music scene of each city. So it's really, really cool. Um, for some reason, I can't. It's not on Max anymore. HBO. That's weird. But um, you talking about that? This is directed by David Lynch. That'd be. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but you're talking about the reverence. There's, there's a. Yeah. They go to Austin and they're, they're not playing at Austin City Limits or anything like that. But yeah. they're backstage. There's this uh, piano, this grand piano, and they're like, oh yeah, it's, uh, Tom Waits played that in his in the time he was on Austin City Limits. And Dave Grohl is just like, Tom Waits <laughs> played this piano. You know, it's that kind of thing. You know. And I love Dave Grohl, man. Yeah, and Dave it's really Grohl. cool to see that you see yeah. these fantastic great musicians or bands and and yeah. them still be like kids when it comes to other artists yeah. you know that's, they, that's... they are absolutely fans you know dumbfounded fan struck however you put it it was like oh and, and yet they can be worshipful of of it's just i love that i love yeah. that about these guys and uh, num- ladies speaking of worshipful and uh, number one for me is ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars that was filmed in 73 um, and came out in 79, which was long past the Ziggy Stardust era. But it's it's just, it's Ziggy captures Bowie's Ziggy Stardust perfectly. I mean, it's kind of like, it was never meant to be like a theatrical piece or anything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's filming is good. Have you seen it? I have. The, the cinematography. It's been quite a while since I've seen it, but yeah. yeah. It's good, but it's also a little bit dirty, not clean. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. intentional, but it's just like... Right. Bowie, as far as Ziggy, at his at his height before he decided I don't want to do this anymore, um, which takes a lot of bravery from a uh, from an, a musical artist. But um, yeah, it's just fantastic. I mean, the album is fantastic and the band's fantastic, but it's just a great performance and it's all just captured. That's exactly what it is. Just a literally a concert film. Yeah, and that's someone talking about someone who reinvented himself constantly, right? Constantly, yeah. which is that's what true geniuses can do. Uh, my top concert film is about a band that did not, well, they reinvented themselves and then they decided they'd had enough of it. Uh, let it be. Uh, they had finally decided they're going to go their separate ways. So it's basically a document of kind of document of the band breaking up almost, but at the same time, uh, absolutely beautiful. Dave, document Dave Clark of, five. Uh, of their, of is their, right? Yeah. It's the Dave Clark five. Yeah. It's kind of gotcha. weird. And, uh, and of course, it's got footage of the famous rooftop concert they did, which has been emulated and parodied. And, you know, that's just part of uh, culture forever. But that is our list. What's the what was the was it on Apple TV that they had the last couple of years? They had the Beatles thing. Yeah. Like docu- it was on Apple. Is that right? I believe it was on Apple TV. Yeah. I can't find it anymore on Apple TV for some reason. I wonder if they did away with uh, it for some reason. Probably, yeah, you because know, they they've got the everybody does that. They got the streaming rights for however long, six months, a year, whatever, and then they it they sell it, and it's probably on Fubu, who is Fubo TV, who is going to be suing Max and Warner's and whoever else they're suing to like block them from putting together their super sports streaming thing, which is crazy. So yeah, like, well, we may talk about that next week. Yeah, we will. Super sports. Super sports Seahawks. Thanks for listening. Why are you the worst? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.